Hello beautiful people and welcome back to another episode of Be You with Declan Edwards. As always, I'm your host Declan and I'm so excited that you're here. Now this week I'm particularly excited because we're going to be exploring and discussing what I believe is one of the most life-changing and valuable topics we've looked at on the podcast to date. And that is failure. Or more specifically, how you define and respond to failure throughout your life. Now, if you're anything like I used to be, you really fear failure. It's that thing that holds you back. It's the thing that stops you from getting out of your comfort zone and taking on new challenges because we're afraid of, well, what will happen if I fail? What will people think? What will I think? How will I respond? And unfortunately, that's a very common thing to fear failure. But what you're going to learn throughout this podcast episode is how you can redefine your relationship with failure to recognize that our greatest failures in life are actually also our greatest opportunity for growth. And to do that, I'm going to be sharing with you some personal stories from my life, as well as some stories from some of my clients' lives about how failure actually sets up these great platforms, these great foundations to learn about ourselves, to grow our self-awareness, and if we approach it with the right mind frame, to really practice resilience in the face of adversity. So buckle in because it's going to be an absolutely life-changing episode this week and get ready for it. So to start this week's episode, I thought we'd ask quite a profound question, which is, what is failure? Now, when you Google it, we're met with things that are quite bland and boring. For example, the dictionary says that failure is simply the lack of success. And it seems that the more... I researched, the more I tried to find a definitive definition of failure, all I found was failure being defined as the opposite of success, which then begs the question, well, what is success? And this is the thing, I think it's up entirely to the individual to define these for themselves. I believe that's why it's so difficult to find this universal rule of what failure and what success mean and what they are and what they represent. I do believe it's up to each and every one of us to define within ourselves and within our own life what failure and success actually mean. So for me, and if you like this definition, you're more than welcome to adopt it. For me, I believe success is living life on your terms. It's the ability to choose how you think, how you feel, how you behave, what actions you take, and to be truly pursuing something meaningful to you. I do believe that happiness and well-being is the key to success. Which means on the flip side, for me, I believe failure is not living authentically. It's not being you. It's living with the mask on. It's it's pursuing other people's goals. And a lot of people have this definition of failure is failure is when I don't achieve the goals that I'm after. I think that's the case as well in you know in some situations, but I believe a bigger perspective of that in my life has been to view failure as, am I even pursuing the right goals in the first place? Because yes, I can view failure as, well, if I'm not achieving the goals I'm pursuing, then I'm failing. But what if those weren't the right goals for me? And when we speak a little bit later in this episode about my personal failures throughout life and how I've bounced back from them, I do believe that that was one of the most powerful perspectives that I developed in that time was to learn to see goals as either authentic to me and ones that I wanted for myself or ones that I was just pursuing because I thought it's what everyone wanted of me. I thought it was the normal approach to success and happiness, the prescribed approach that we get from society. And the biggest thing I've come to realize over my time uh, as a coach is that 
it is so valuable to learn what success and failure mean to you and to start defining them yourself. Because even just by doing that, you're starting to define your own life. You're starting to live life more on your terms, which I think is very powerful. So before we move into the rest of this podcast episode, I would really like to invite you to have a few moments. I'll put a little transition music in, but have a few moments to start thinking, what does success and failure mean to you? If you were to define success and failure in your own terms, in your life, based on your life experiences, because whilst I might be an expert at human behavior and emotional intelligence, you're the expert on you. So I really want you to show up to this episode, because I do believe it's one of the most valuable topics we've spoken about yet, show up to this episode as the expert on yourself and start answering these questions for yourself, starting with what is failure and what is success? How do you go with defining failure for yourself? Because it's a very important concept to really begin to understand in your own terms. Because moving forward, we can't talk about failure without naturally talking about fear of failure. It's something that I'm yet to meet someone in my life who hasn't experienced at least once. And later in this episode, as I mentioned, I will talk to you about some of my experiences with failure. And especially the first situation, the first story I'm going to tell you highlights this fear of failure holding me back from my own goals. But I see this day to day with so many people. And I think it's very important for us to get clear on, well, what is fear of failure? What does it actually mean? So personally, I believe that fear of failure is that fear of not achieving what we want that stops us from trying at all. So what do I mean by that? I'll say it a bit clearer. It's being so afraid of failing that we don't try in the first place. It's we talk ourselves out of it, we think ourselves out of it, and we end up stagnant. We end up in our comfort zone. We don't end up moving. And this may be conscious or it may be subconscious, but in some way, shape, or form, this fear of failing is actually stopping us from pursuing our goals. And that's where it gets so um, detrimental to our well being in life because it can be immobilizing. It can literally cause us to do nothing, which if you've listened to some of my other um, videos and other, other podcast episodes, you know that we're, we're never actually doing nothing. There's no such thing as stagnancy. We're either growing or we're dying. It's that simple. And when we have this massive fear of failure holding us back from taking action, from getting out of our comfort zone where that growth occurs, we're actually causing ourselves to die in some way, either emotionally, mentally, uh, in some cases physically, if we're not looking after our health for fear of failure. So I think it's very crucial for us to go, well, what does fear of failure look like? We know that it's so detrimental to our well-being and to our life satisfaction, but what does it actually look like? And that's the thing. It's, it's very much based, like most of the other concepts we speak about in this episode, on you as an individual. I know some people feel fear of failure as this resistance, this reluctance to trying new things or doing things that might be challenging. Other people experience it as this sense of self-sabotage where... They want to do something, but they also know they're actively holding themselves back from going after it. Other people experience excessive anxiety or low self-esteem or self-confidence or negative self-talk, and that's fear of failure being expressed. Other people experience it as perfectionism. This is quite an interesting one. It's the high performers in life, the people who pride themselves on being great academics or athletes um, or being high performers in any area of their life, great in their career that have this sense of it has to be done right or not done at all. 
It's one of the most common sentences uh, I hear people say when they come to coaching is, I have to do this right or not at all. Well, why can't we just give it a go? Because that sense of I need to do it right or not at all, I need to do it perfectly or not try at all, is actually an expression of fear of failing. And it puts so much pressure on us. So there's all these different ways that people experience fear of failure. So again, I'm going to give you a moment to start thinking about, when in my life have I feared failure? What has it held me back from achieving? And what did it actually feel like? Was it this reluctance? Was it self-sabotage? Was it low self-esteem or anxiety? Was it this sense of perfectionism? Or was it something else entirely for you? So again, I'll give you a couple of moments to start thinking about those questions and go, when in my life did I fear failure? What did it hold me back from pursuing? And what did it actually feel like? How'd you go with exploring the previous questions? Did you manage to find that sense of fearing failure either at a point currently or recently in your life or maybe a point further back? I hope you did because moving forward, it's really useful to have clarity about what fear of failure actually feels like for you and for yourself as an individual. Because what we're going to examine now is what actually causes fear of failure. And here's the interesting part. It's not yet 100% clear Like many other things, psychologically or emotionally, there's all these influencing factors that come into play. Things like uh, having critical or unsupportive parents can lead to fear of failure later in life. Things such as uh, humiliation in childhood or a traumatic event where you tried something, failed, and then were publicly humiliated or ashamed from it, that links a very negative association and a lot of pain to the sense of trying something new and subsequently the sense of failing. So that can lead to fear of failure later in life. Now, as can things like learned helplessness, this great concept from Dr. Seligman in positive psychology, which is when you actively try to make a change in your life. So say you want to lose weight and you try a new diet and it works for a little while, but then it doesn't work. And rather than blaming the diet, of course, it's human nature, you blame yourself which is a whole other topic for us to talk about. But unfortunately, a lot of people don't blame the process, they blame the person. So they take this blame on themselves and they go, I'm such a failure. Not the diet was a failure, I'm such a failure. And then they might try again, maybe six months later, maybe a year. This time they try an exercise program. That's the way they're going to get fit. And it might work for a bit, but for whatever reason, it's not the right fit for them. And it doesn't work again. So once again, it's not the process is the failure, it's the person's the failure unfortunately, you know, really it's very empowering to look at it the other way around. But most people have this process where they then go, oh my God, I've failed again. I've tried twice. It's not working. And they may do this three, four, five, six times. There was a recent study that showed that the average um, Australian woman has tried 15 times to lose weight and hasn't had success long-term in any of them. And over time, this can lead to this sense of learned helplessness, this sense of, wow, nothing that I try works. And unfortunately, I've come across this a few times in coaching. The amount of people who come to us because they've tried psychology, they've tried psychotherapy, they've tried all these other um, approaches to promoting mental and emotional well-being that just didn't work out for them. And over the years, over the times, they've ended up believing that they're the failure. And I'll say again, It's so freeing to go, the process wasn't the right fit for the person. It was the process that's the failure, not the person. If you're listening, this is resonating with you. Let me assure you, you are not a failure. You just haven't found the right process for you yet. 
right? So this sense of uh, learned helplessness is nothing that I do matters. It's never going to work. And we can see why that's going to contribute directly to fear of failure. Because why would someone who's struggling with learned helplessness want to get out of their comfort zone to try something new if they genuinely believe that it doesn't matter, it's not going to make a difference, and they're going to fail anyway? It becomes a very self-determining prophecy, right? But the biggest thing that we find determines whether or not you experience fear of failure and overcome it or experience it and get overwhelmed and immobilized by it, because I'll say again, everyone experiences this. You know, people aren't naturally brave. I still have moments where I very much fear failure moving forward, but the freedom comes in being able to recognize, understand and overcome it rather than being immobilized by it. So the biggest thing influencing whether you can do that or whether you're overwhelmed and immobilized by it and it holds you back and stops you from pursuing your goals is your emotional intelligence. Because when you think about it, fear is just an emotion. It's a feeling. It's not something that we can tangibly hold. You've never tripped over some fear on the street that someone dropped or looked in your handbag and pulled out some fear. Right? It's something that we experience within our body, within ourselves. It's a feeling. It's an emotion. And therefore, by increasing emotional intelligence, which is increasing your ability to be aware of, to understand, to accept, and then to manage and change how you feel in any given moment, no matter what's going on around you, will allow you to be able to recognize when you're feeling fear of failure, Understand why you're feeling that way, accept that that's how it is now rather than repress it or blame, and then move forward and use strategic techniques to actually change how you feel so that you can overcome that fear of failure. It is the definition of true emotional freedom to be able to choose how we feel in any given moment, no matter what's going on around us. And increasing our emotional intelligence is such a key way to do that. So if you're listening and you go, wow, that's something I really need to do, increasing my emotional intelligence, I can see how that's going to not only help me overcome fear of failure, but other feelings like anxiety, stress, overwhelm, and also cultivate more positive and beneficial feelings like confidence, purpose, authenticity, joy, happiness, love. Well, then I've got some good news for you. We've recently released a exclusive webinar called the EQ Method, which begins teaching you how to build your emotional intelligence so that you can achieve absolute emotional freedom. Now, if you'd like to register for the webinar and to gain access to this life-changing training, all you have to do is email grow, G-R-O-W, at bucoaching.org and say, I'd like access to the EQ Method webinar. Make sure you mention the podcast and then one of my team will send you the link to check out all the details about the webinar and to grab exclusive access to it. But with that said, let's move on into looking at some famous failures and how they overcame their fear of failure and their failures throughout life. For this part of this week's podcast episode, I thought we'd play a bit of a game. So I'm going to read you a description of a famous person, definitely someone that you'll know, and you're going to try and guess who they are. Now, each of these people were selected because they're famous failures. They're people who struggled and failed throughout their life. And they even consider some of the things that they did themselves as absolute, reaching absolute failing point, absolute breaking point. But they managed to be resilient in the face of adversity, to adapt and overcome, to have high emotional intelligence, to drive their behavior and drive them forward. And as a result, they are remarkably successful. As we mentioned before, Traditionally, failure is defined as the opposite of success, but what I want you to start thinking about as a result of these famous failure stories is that perhaps the two aren't distinct opposites. Perhaps failure is actually a stepping stone to success. 
rather than being the exact opposite. So let's jump in with this first one. I'll read a direct quote from her. She said, I had failed on an epic scale. An exceptionally short-lived marriage had imploded, and I was jobless, a lone parent, and as poor as it is possible to be in modern Britain, without being homeless. The fears that my parents had had for me, and that I had for myself, had both come to pass, and by every usual standard, I was the biggest failure that I knew. Now, this remarkable woman also had her first book rejected 12 times by publishers. Who is it? Now... If you're familiar with the Harry Potter series, I imagine you're familiar with the name J.K. Rowling, which of course is the woman in the story. She bounced back from such hardship, from such adversity, to create the best-selling novel series of all time and to actually be the first author to become a billionaire. And it's said that she's done more for childhood literacy than anyone else in history. It's an amazing accomplishment. I know I grew up on Harry Potter. So let's move to the second one, see if you can guess it. So the second one is... He got fired from his first company, the very company that he began. And this dismissal made him realize that his passion for his work exceeded the disappointment of failure. He fell in love with his work all over again. And he began to create new ventures such as Next and Pixar, which eventually led back to his CEO position at his original company. Who do you think it was? Of course, it's Steve Jobs, the founder of Apple. There's a great quote from him that says, I didn't see it then, but it turned out that getting fired from Apple was the best thing that could have happened to me. You know, whilst other people could have seen being fired from their first company as a massive adversity and failure and hardship and given up, he used it to fuel his passion to fall back in love with what he did and to create these amazing, amazing things in Pixar and eventually get reinstated as CEO of Apple. Such a great story of resilience and of an ability to bounce back in the face of adversity. Let's look at someone else, see if you can get this one. So, his rebellious nature in school led him to be expelled, and he was refused admittance to a school that he desperately wanted to go to. He wasn't able to speak fluently until the age of nine, and many teachers said that he was not going to go anywhere in life. But now, he's known as the pioneer of the theory of general relativity, And his name in itself has become synonymous with intelligence and genius. And of course, it's Albert Einstein. You don't have to be an Einstein yourself to begin seeing the pattern here. That perhaps failure, perhaps the situations that we find ourselves in aren't determinant of our success. Rather, it's how we respond to them and how we're able to bounce back in the face of adversity. Let's do two more really quickly. Two of my favorite ones. Two people I really look up to. There's a great quote here from one of them that I'll read directly. It says, I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games. 26 times I've been trusted to take the game-winning shot, and I missed. I've failed over and over and over again in my life. And that is why I succeed. Now, you'll come to find later in this episode that I grew up playing basketball, so it won't surprise you that this is, of course, the basketball legend Michael Jordan himself. The fact that he said, I've failed over and over and over again in my life, and that is why I succeed, I think is one of the clearest ways of explaining and showing this concept I was speaking about earlier, that failure 
does not stop you from being successful. Failure is a necessary stepping stone to success. And when we start to view it that way, it's a lot harder to be afraid of it. In fact, we almost get excited about getting out of our comfort zone and failing because we see that it's such a necessary step. The final one that I really look up to, someone who was dyslexic throughout his whole life, someone who was rebellious in school, got kicked out multiple times. They said he was going nowhere. Again, someone who could have let his situation in life define him, but he didn't. All the hardships he went through led to creating one of the biggest brands in the world today and being, in my opinion, one of the greatest CEOs we've ever seen, someone who genuinely believes in using business to make a difference in the world. And that's Sir Richard Branson. So what I hope you take from this part of this week's episode is that these larger-than-life people that we look up to and we go, oh, it's easy for them, they're so successful. They had their hardships too, they had their failures, but they used the failures as stepping stones to learn and to grow. And that's what led to success. That's what makes the difference. You know, I've mentioned multiple times throughout this week's episode that I was going to share with you some stories in my life about when I felt that I really failed. I mentioned that my definition of failure is living other people's goals rather than following through on the goals I'd set for myself. And I also mentioned that I'd share some stories of how fear of failure had held me back in the past, but also how I'd managed to overcome them. And I want to share with you the most valuable lesson, the most important thing that you can take from this week's episode. So I'm going to share with you three stories of failure and fear of failure throughout my life. I'm going to go all the way back to one of the most defining ones. I mentioned before that I'd grown up playing basketball. In fact, for quite a lot of my early years, when you asked me what I wanted to be growing up, I'd say a basketball player. And slowly but surely, I'd started getting better. Now, I was the guy who tried out for his local representative team and didn't get in. But I kept showing up to tryouts until eventually the coach said I could join the Division 2 team as the bench player, which meant I would go away on tour with them, but I wouldn't actually play. I'd do all the training days with them, but I wouldn't actually play unless someone couldn't go or they were injured. And that's how I started playing basketball. I was on the bench, I was doing all the training sessions, I was bonding with the team, but I wouldn't actually play on the court. And then we went away to a weekend tournament and I finally got my chance to shine. Someone couldn't show up to the weekend tournament, there was a spare spot on the team. So I got off the bench for the first time and I managed to get on the court and I played five games over two days and it was exhilarating. It just reminded me that this is something I desperately wanted for myself. I loved it. I thrived on it. And from there, I began to slowly get better. And then when trials came to play for New South Wales in the Hunter representative team, I went and I tried out. And to my surprise, and I imagine to a lot of people's, I got in. And this is, this is the thing. I never felt like I deserved it. I never felt like I belonged there. You know, you may remember from previous episodes of this podcast that I really struggled most of my life with low self-esteem, with low self-confidence. I really struggled with anxiety and self-doubt. And this was a, very much a case of that. I, I kept telling myself I didn't deserve to be in the team. I didn't belong there. No matter how much I trained, no matter how many games I played with them, no matter how well I did in a game, it wasn't enough. And eventually... I got offered a spot to go play basketball with the Australian Institute of Sport. It was a great opportunity. I was 16 years old. And I still remember having this overwhelming fear of failure about it. I still remember lying in my bed the week leading up to going away to the AIS, 
thinking, well, what if I let the team down? What if there's someone better who could take my spot? What if I, you know, miss the shot that could win the game? What if it's, you know, because of me, we don't win? What if because of me, the team fails? What if I fail? And that fear of failure became overwhelming anxiety to the point where I faked an injury so that I didn't go. And to me, this is still one of the most standout moments in my life where fear of failure really held me back. It was a blessing that only a short year later, I began working with coaches and I quickly learned to see that that was something I never wanted to allow happen again in my life. That fear of failure holding me back was something that I want for myself, that I really believed in. And who knows where I could have been now with it had I not let fear of failure get in the way. So fortunately, as I mentioned, a year later, I started working with coaches and that was when I went, you know what? Fear of failure is not going to stop me from here on in. So then I went to university and I began studying journalism. You know, my first dream job and career other than basketball was to be a presenter on Getaway. I wanted to be paid to travel and be a TV host. But again, I was still struggling despite working with coaches this time. I was still on that self-exploration journey of learning how to love myself, how to appreciate myself, how to back myself, how to be confident and how to not let fear of failure stand in the way. And I didn't fail by any traditional means in that first year of university. This isn't a story of me not getting the marks. If anything, I was doing really well academically. But I came to realize that I wasn't living on my terms. I didn't want to be at university. I'd only gone to university because that was my father's definition of success. So I'd failed myself by not listening to my heart and my gut instinct. I'd failed myself by not following through on what I wanted for myself. Instead, just taking the easy route of going, well, this is what everyone else is doing. This is what my dad says I should do. This is what my teacher says I should do. So I guess I'm going to go to university. But deep down, I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I knew I wanted to have my own business. And that leads me to story three. So story three was I started a personal training company. I spent three years building it. And... It was going quite well. It was something I chose for myself. It was making a meaningful impact on the lives of others, which is what I'd always wanted to do. And I was finally starting to make enough income off it where it could be a full-time job for me and I could see it growing and developing. And then I fell out of love with it. I went on a two and a half month trip through the US and I realized over there that I just didn't have the passion for it anymore. And to me, I felt this overwhelming sense of failure. I thought, wow, you've sacrificed three and a half years of your life. You put three and a half years of your life into building this. And now you're just going to quit. You're just going to give up. And I couldn't deal with that at the time. I really felt like I'd failed myself, but also like I'd failed my clients. Because as soon as I came home, I closed the business. Because my heart wasn't in it anymore. You know, these three massive pivotal moments in life, basketball, university, and my first business, the personal training business, Well, all three different forms of failure. One was fear of failure. One was failure by living other people's goals. And the third was what I felt like was failure on my own terms, failure on myself. And what I'm about to share with you is that each of these failures had to happen in order to make me the man I am today and to pave the road of success that I walked upon that led me to where I am now. It was Steve Jobs who once said... We cannot connect the dots of life looking forward. We can only do it in retrospect. And even as I told you those three stories, those three pivotal moments of failure in my life, 
I see now that the dots of life were really aligning in my favor. You know, it was the huge breakthrough moment for me in my own coaching journey with my own coaches to look back on these previous failures and go, wow, you know what? Those had to happen because it was as a result of not following through on basketball, I went into working with my first coach. And obviously now I'm in love with the coaching field. I'm actively working in it and I'm making a huge difference as a coach myself and with my own team of coaches here at BU. So that failure at basketball had to happen in order for me to reach rock bottom and go, you know what, I want to do something about this and begin working with mindset and emotion coaches. Now the failure at university had to happen. I had to go to university because it was there that I decided that I was going to lose weight and get fit and make a change. (laughs) And that I changed to a degree in nutrition. It was there that I met some of the best people I've ever met in my life, including my business partner, Jordan. I reconnected with him there and our media producer, Nate. BU wouldn't be what it is today had I not gone to university in the first place. And my personal training business. Had I not lost the passion for that, I may never have realized that what I was truly passionate about was making a change internally with people was changing how they felt about themselves, was helping them grow their self-confidence, was helping them overcome self-doubt, stress, anxiety, this fear of failure that we're talking about, was helping them live fulfilling, thriving lives by increasing their emotional intelligence. That's what I cared about. But I couldn't have realized that until I lost the passion that I once had for health and fitness. So each of these three failures were actually the best things that could have happened to me at that time. They were what set me on the path of growth that I've been on for the last eight years of my life now. And I'm now very grateful to say that I'm living a very, very happy, fulfilled, and I would say successful life in all ways, in my relationship, in my health, in my career, in my personal growth, in my own self-perception and emotional intelligence. I'm really proud of what I've achieved, but it has come off the back of multiple failures and setbacks. And those three were just the big ones. You know, Nearly every week I have moments where I fear failure, where I worry about pushing it out of our comfort zone, my comfort zone specifically within what we're doing with BU. And I start to think, geez, have we got you know, too big for our shoes or out of our, out of our grounds now? Should we just dial it down? And I thank my previous self, I thank my past self for all those failures because it gave me the lessons I needed to be equipped to handle the adversities that I now face in my life. We're all going through our challenges, we're all going through our struggles, we're all facing our own adversities. It's learning how to handle them and how to overcome them. And I I really do credit my previous failures for granting me those skills as well as my previous coaches for teaching me the skills and the strategies to help me be so adaptable to whatever life throws at me. You know, I always say life is great at throwing curveballs. It's up to us to figure out how to handle them. So I invite you when you look back through your life and you look at these failures or these difficulties, you can view it with the victim's mindset of why did this happen to me? Instantly that gets us into a woe is me mindset. It gets us into breakdown into self-pity into regret into guilt it doesn't actually help us grow and develop it just makes us feel shit about ourselves and our life or you can choose to view it through a victor's mindset and ask yourself how could this have happened for me because if there's one thing i do believe with all of my heart 
there's one thing that I encourage you to believe as well. It's that life is always happening in our favor, even when it doesn't seem like it. And when you truly accept and embody that, when you know with absolute certainty that life is always happening in your favor, it's leading you to the next opportunity for growth. You just need to be ready to take it. Life becomes so much more fun, so much more fulfilling. So as I said, the best things you can do from here is switch that victim's mindset of why did this happen to me to a victim's mindset of how did this happen for me or how could this have happened for me to view your previous failures as stepping stones to success and to begin actively increasing your emotional intelligence so that you're more able to be aware of how you feel, to understand how you feel, to accept it, and then, of course, to change it. Because that fear of failure that holds so many people back, that keeps so many people just getting by and surviving in life, just making ends meet, just staying in their comfort zone, that stops them from truly thriving, that is just a feeling. And when you increase your emotional intelligence, you're more able to handle that feeling and to replace it with more beneficial ones like self-confidence, like passion, like purpose, like love, like happiness, like joy, like fulfillment. So as I mentioned earlier in this episode, we've got a very exciting opportunity for you to begin increasing your emotional intelligence today by accessing the EQ method. It's our life-changing webinar to introduce you to emotional intelligence, to teach you the five key stages of emotional intelligence, to help you recognize which stage you're currently at, and also begin showing you how you can move between the stages and grow your emotional intelligence to truly step into a life of absolute emotional freedom. As we mentioned before, to gain access to that uh, webinar, to gain access to that life-changing training, all you have to do is email grow, G-R-O-W, at bucoaching.org and say, I want access to the EQ Method webinar. Make sure you mention the podcast. One of my team will send you the link to check out all the details of the webinar. And the best part is you're going to get a great, great price on us. Normally, the, the, top, the content we speak about in this webinar we do in a coaching session, it's upwards of $300. But because we know that this is the thing that makes the difference in people's lives, that the EQ method is the thing that's going to make the difference in your life and help us make the ripple effect of positive change that we're making in the world to impact a trillion people, we're doing it for an amazing price. Like you won't even believe it when you see it. So make sure you email grow at BU Coaching. Ask for us to send you the details of the EQ method webinar. It's an invite-only webinar, so check it out. And other than that... I want to thank you once again for investing your time and yourself by listening to this week's episode of Be You with Declan Edwards. I'll see you next week with a brand new guest speaker. But until then, as always, be empowered, be exceptional, be you.